Hi, this is Linda Burton with Kobe. And Leslie Bracero with Oso. <laughs> with Less Talk. We're here today with an episode about family. And um, that's why, kind of why we got our dogs in here because it's part of family, even though this is my son's dog. <laughs> but we want to talk about family. We want to talk about how it is in the relationship of um, family members, of getting back together, getting to know each other, learning things that you didn't know before about your family, especially with Thanksgiving um, is here, of uh, just reuniting ourselves with our family and maybe some that we haven't met before. Correct. So this episode, Leslie did an interview with her uncle that she just met recently, within the last year, right? Correct, within the last year. Yeah, and, and with this episode, you get to hear how he felt like something didn't work, something didn't fit, so he, he didn't belong. I like how he said the Tigger part, like yeah. he felt like the only Tigger. And so we're going to just have you watch this video and then talk to you afterwards. But ever since I was a little kid, I've always felt like, in, um, like I didn't belong in my family. I always felt like uh, there was something they didn't tell me. I always felt like, uh, you remember Tigger from Winnie the Pooh? Do you remember the most wonderful thing about Tiggers? Yeah. Is that he was the only one. And so I always felt like Tigger in my family, you know? Wow. And, um, and then I, you know, grew up to start to feel like Tigger in the world, you know, like I was the only one like me. And my brothers weren't like me, and my sister's not like me, and of course, my mother's not like me in some ways, but not really. And and, and then, you know, I, I came to find out late in my childhood that my father, who I thought was my father, was not my father. And so that went all through adulthood. And of course, I continued to feel like, you know, Tigger. And, and somewhere in there, around a year and a half, two years ago, I, I decided to, uh, you know, ask my mother for the name of my, my biological father. She gave me the name and I hired a private investigator to find y'all. Is that true? You really did? You hired a private investigator? Really? Well, I didn't pay her, but the point is, <laughs> the point is the private investigator found y'all for me. So, now, yeah. Lester, when you say you were growing up and you felt like you were different, in what ways? I mean, what do you mean by that? Because I know there's a lot of people out there that have had that experience of feeling like there's something missing. There's a puzzle piece missing in my life. Right. What prompted you to kind of go into that a little more? You know, it's probably it's probably more accurately described the way you just did. I just always felt like there was a puzzle piece and puzzle piece missing something. Something these Negroes ain't telling me. You know what I mean? <laughs> and so. I remember uh, probably as young as fifth grade, fourth grade, uh, going into my mother's closet and going through her stuff. I mean, her personal private boxes and files and all of that. And I didn't even really know what I was looking for, you know? Um, you know, a receipt, you know, uh, something, you know, like, you know, <laughs> a purchase order. I just, something that would explain why I didn't feel, you know, there was something that they weren't telling me. And, and I felt that even when I didn't really know what to look for, you know? Okay. Adoption papers, you know, I, I don't think in fourth grade I knew what adoption was, yeah. you know? Um, 
But I was just looking for something in there to explain, you know, what I was feeling. And so yeah. uh, one day I, I overheard her talking on the on the phone and, and I heard her kind of allude to the possibility that that dad was dad wasn't my dad. And so from there <laughs> from there I just kinda, you know, like wow, that was that was an awakening. Yeah. And um, So you were about so, ten years old? When you overheard that conversation, would you say? No, when I when I overheard that conversation, I was probably thirteen. Okay. Thirteen years old, and um, and the funny thing is, I always, as a child, listened to my mother talk on the phone. That's what's funny. That's what's interesting to me. Um, I would listen to my mother talk on the phone, and again, same thing. I wasn't really listening for any particular thing, uh -huh. but I just. You know, just as a habit, I would just always sit in the hallway when my mother was on the phone, and I would just sit there and just listen to her talk. You know, I, and probably only halfway paying attention most of the time. You know, and um, and then one day I was sitting there and I was listening to her talk, and I wasn't even paying attention, and and I heard her say what she said, and I and I go, wait a minute, <laughs> you know, wow. Did, did I hear that right? And, and of course, I couldn't ask her about it, you know. Why did you ask her? I mean, at 13, I know that's that's an awkward age anyway, because you're a teenager, you're right in that early teens. And to hear, oh. hear actually hear that, what? Well, she would have slapped me. Okay. I mean, I don't know if that's what Wait. <laughs> she, she, I was afraid. In my conversation. <laughs> exactly. Exactly. But, you know, one of them black, you know, mother is Southside Chicago. Why are you in my conversation? Yeah, here, lean over here. You know, <laughs> uh, that's probably what she would have done. You know, so I, you know, I was afraid of my mother up until probably 17, 18 years old. So, um, but yeah, so there, there wasn't no asking her about it. That wasn't even yeah. an option. So, okay. Um, okay. And so I, I just kind of carried that around for the next three years. And 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 then my my uh, father, uh, he told me that he wasn't my father, and 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 I knew because I heard my mother say it, but I didn't know if he knew, you know. And so when at sixteen, I might have been fifteen, when he told me that he wasn't my father, I knew that he knew, and I was like, oh, well, I guess he knows, you know. Okay. And um, and so from that point on. You know, we just kind of, you know, because he wasn't saying he didn't love me or anything like that. He just, yeah. in that in that moment, he thought I should know. So. Wow. Now, did that change the dynamics of your relationship with him? Um, no, not really, because, um, again, you know, I didn't just feel like there was a piece missing okay. with my mother. I, I didn't just feel like it was something my mother wasn't telling me. You know, I always felt, but you know different from his my, my two brothers who are his kids biologically um I, I just felt different from them too so it, it didn't it didn't make me feel any more different than I already felt okay you know okay. yeah and, and you know I tell people he he came over one day he came over one day and I think I was in the fifth grade he came over to whoop all of us you know he I'm laughing <laughs> He came over. He came over to whoop, you know, my oldest brother, Ed, Robert. He, went, he was on whoop me. He's on whoop all of us. 
and he we we was because he didn't live with us and we okay. we saw him every now and again okay. you know okay. christmas holidays okay. you know he'd give us a dollar you know i mean yeah. we knew who he was and everything but you know we didn't we didn't see him as often as some people okay might have saw their fathers and okay. um and then he had moved a couple i guess a few years prior to that he had moved and lived in another part of the state and so he comes over one day because he heard from the school that we were doing that he comes over to whoop all three of us right we start crying we start screaming we called the police and everything and uh i called my mother at work she said call the police i called the police and the police come out and they're like you know my brothers and i we like you hugged above it we're like he don't live here you know he's like you know, he's trying to whoop, you know, and so he's huffing and puffing because he's getting up in age by then. He's like, look, you know, these kids are doing bad school and, you know, they call me. And so I'm coming over, I'm the father and I'm going to whoop these kids. Yeah. And, and the police officer looked at him and said, all right, you know, have a good day. And we were like, ah, you know, we, we were sure they were going to take him out of there. Yeah. They were like, all right, sir, you know, do your thing, you know. Yeah. And so we all ran and, uh, and so he caught Ed first as my oldest brother. And he and he he, you know, got us and he put his belt out and everything. And he wore Ed out with that belt. Ed now if I'm in the fifth grade, Ed is in uh Robert's in the sixth grade. Ed is in the eighth grade. Wow. Now you can imagine whooping an eighth grader with a belt. Yeah, that was and, that was it. And Ed was big too. And so he wore Ed out with that belt. And uh and then he got to Robert, who's a year older than me. And he caught Robert, and Robert's, you know, Robert's rough, you know, Robert, you know, he was hard when we was in Chicago. And he got Robert, and he wore him out with that belt. Now, I'm hiding. I'm hiding. And and, and uh, I, I still remember, I literally came out from hiding. Oh, wow. Because there was, he never would have found me where I was hiding. <laughs> never. But, but there was a part of me that he had whooped them okay. that wanted him to whoop me, too. Mm. And uh, I still remember he finally caught me, he took the belt, and he looked at me, and, and he didn't whoop me. Wow. And and I was probably as bad as Robert and Ed, if not worse. Wow. You know, I got I got caught stealing at the at the local uh, store. It was like a Target type of store. I caught stealing, and. Uh, and so there was not there was nothing about me that 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 warranted not whooping me. Yeah. You know, and Ed was probably the most innocent among us, probably. Mm -hmm. And uh, and so he just said, you know, just go ahead, you know. And I'm looking at him like, why didn't whoop me? And that and that never made sense to me until I found out he was my father. <laughs> very interesting. Yeah. 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 Then it made perfect sense to me. Yeah. And because, you know, even though he allowed me to call him dad, okay. you know, um, it's another thing altogether to whoop somebody else's kid. That's you know? so interesting. Now, yeah. Master, moving forward a little bit, you know, okay. forward in time, you're you're older. You're now yeah. later in high school, getting ready to graduate and all that. You still had in your background that you knew that your father, that you had known all of your life as your dad. Right. He's not right. Your man. <laughs> right. What did that do for you as a young man? A young man. Because well, you know, it didn't do. It wasn't because we we kind of decided to, you know, just not really. 
we decided it didn't make a difference. Okay. That he, that he was my dad, he, he's always been my dad, and he wasn't saying he didn't love me when he told me, he just was thought it was time I knew. And uh, so we just went on with our relationship as normal. And, uh, but that didn't stop me from, again, to always felt like there was this difference between the way he treated my brothers, which were his actual sons, okay. the way he treated them and the way he treated me. Okay. Over time, there just became more and more examples of that. I mean, it, it started with that day when he didn't whoop me. Oh. But, um, but over time, there, and if we had time, I could tell you more instances where I felt like, wow, that's interesting. Yeah. You know? Yeah. And, and so we just decided to, you know, never talk about it. You know, um, every few years, every few years or so it would come up and he would, you know, he would say, oh, you're my son. I don't care what anybody says, you know. Okay. So uh, as a young man, I, I don't think I felt like I didn't have a father. Okay. But again, but, but again, I felt like, uh, I felt, I started to feel alone in the universe. Wow. Speak you know, to me. What do you mean? What do you mean? Well, like, like I was from another planet. Okay. You know, because I, I just started to feel like I wasn't from where he was from. Okay. And, and I wasn't from where my brothers were from. I mean, we might've been from the same neighborhood, but I felt like we were, we were just dramatically cut from a different cloth. Okay. Is how I felt. Yeah. And over time, again, same thing over time, it just became more and more obvious. And and uh, and, and my relationship and dad, you know, was strained. And, and, and of course, you know, it's it's funny because you, you could be, I, I would say he was probably the same dad for the most part to me that he was to them for the most part, but there's some areas you can fall short with your own kids mm -hmm. and they have to overlook it. Mm -hmm. But but if you're a father figure and you fall short, okay. it just it just means all that much more yeah. to that child, you know? Yeah, and you know, Lester, just when you said that, my mind is going to this fatherlessness now that a lot of our kids are mm -hmm. growing up without a father in the home, without a male role model and how that has impacted them whether negatively or not i mean right. i grew up not having a father my father wasn't present in the home um the other people in my family made up for the difference that was missing however i still felt that void of not having a dad seeing my right. friends with fathers and i'm like oh man i wanted that so speak right. to that you know in terms of like for other people how can we well, that healing you know well, you know, I, the one thing I would say is, is you know, I believe my my father, whom I grew up with, who is legally my father, you know, he, um, I think he was a gift from God. I really do. I, I believe that that I had someone in that position, and um, and someone who, you know, filled that void for that period of time. But but I would say this: if, if you're going to ever take on the role of a father figure and you are not the actual father. You you really, really have to be careful in what ways you let that child down. You, I mean, it's because something that could be brushed off by your, your biological kids mm -hmm. will be profoundly disappointing to this kid who you're not really their father, not really. And then 
And if they, you almost have to treat this kid better than you treat your real kids. Because if you treat your, if you treat this kid who you become a father figure to, if you treat him even slightly mm. less than your kids, to that kid, it's, it's, you know, so you 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 almost have to overcompensate for that, okay. and and make sure and let your kids be mad that you treat him better. You know what I mean? Okay. But you can't. But you can't let this kid notice that you're treating your kids better. It's okay. just, you know, it's just it, okay. it it cuts it cuts deep. And so, um, God has not put me in a position to be a father figure, but but I imagine I'm a father figure to to a lot of young people, but they don't actually call me dad. Yeah. But I have a, but I have a few people who, who who look at me as a father figure. They come to me when they need fatherly advice. Exactly. And so and so I take that seriously too. Yeah, yeah. And you know, I think that's so powerful because especially in um I, and I'll just speak to our community, we need a lot of uh, role models for our young men and young women too, because it's it's it says a lot when a child has someone that they can look at that they can emulate, they can draw from, they can go to. Um, and again, I can just speak to my own experience, not having that. Now I had my uncle, which now we know is your brother. He was a good role model for me in some respects, but you need that as a child. And I think a lot of our young people um, just miss the value of having that type of relationship in their life. Now, Lester, I wanna go over a little bit forward because I definitely wanna to get to how we how we met. And I want you to talk about what your experience was like meeting your sister, which is my mother, for the right. first time, meeting your brother, which is my uncle, for the first time. What, what was going in your head when you found out who the names were, when you wanted to reach out? What was going in your head? Can you talk to that for a minute? Well, you know, not you don't know how how that's going to be received. You know, you don't you don't know uh, for them to find out they had a brother they didn't know about. Are they? You know, some people don't want to mess with their 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 perfect memory of their childhood, even if it wasn't perfect. Just there, there's a set memory of your childhood, of your upbringing, the images of who people are, parents, grandparents, and things like that. And then along comes something like that, and it it kind of rocks your world. You know, you kind of it potentially can make you question: Did you know anything that you thought you knew? That, yeah. that there's something so big. But we know uh, in our community, it's that that there's a child somewhere that we don't know about. That that's pervasive. It happens all the time. You know, and uh, but and sometimes people are welcome to it, and sometimes they're not. Yeah. And I did not know if uh, my sister and brother would be open to knowing me and honestly i i, I just um i just said well the only way to find out is to reach out you know mm -hmm. and and mentally and spiritually i was totally prepared for them to go i don't want to have anything to do with this i was prepared for that okay. um and i think initially all i really wanted to know was more about my father okay. my biological father initially because like I said, I didn't even really know about them. And yeah. again, and then, and then mentally, I needed to prepare for the fact that they may not want to know me either. <laughs> you know what I mean? So, so but once uh, the private investigator that I hired and didn't pay. You so silly, you so silly. I really, I really didn't pay. Yeah. She, <laughs> once she told me, 
I talked, you know, once she told me she talked to your mother on the phone mm -hmm. and she was a delight and she was a joy and she can't wait to talk to you. I was like, really? Somebody can't wait to talk to me? Yeah. You know? Yeah. And so, so that was cool. And uh, and then when I found out about uh, Dwayne in, in Atlanta, that same thing, he was like, oh yeah, he wants to meet you too. And I'm like, really? And that he would, and you got a niece and a nephew. I'm like, shut up. And so, and they grow, you know. <laughs> and, so, and so I'm thinking, okay, I'm gonna fly and meet my sister because she's up in age. And then he, he's gonna fly, he's gonna fly in to, from Georgia to meet you. What? Yeah. And so uh, that was pretty exciting. And I'm just, I'm just, I'm just, you know, happy because it could have gone so much worse. Yeah. And a, and a lot of times it does go worse. I mean, I, I believe I got the best possible scenario, you know. I mean, the, the best you can expect in a situation like this is what I've gotten. A sister who's a joy and a delight to talk to every time we talk. And my brother is just full of wisdom and, and he's got jokes and stuff like that. And, uh, and then of course you are intelligent and articulate. I'm like, yes, this is the tree I fell off of. Yes, I get it. Not that, you know, <laughs> not that my brothers are not intelligent. That's of not course the point. not, of course not. That's not the point. That yeah, is the point. Yeah. But, uh, <laughs> but, but, but when I when I look at you and I and I and I and I talk to you and then I talk to Dwayne and, and and really more so than even you guys, the more I read and hear and learn about my biological father, mm -hmm. it's like, oh wow, okay, yeah. Yeah. that's the tree I fell off of, you know, that's that's that that sounds more like I mean that was a huge piece yeah. to my uh mental and spiritual puzzle and i'm like okay yeah and so it it it's, makes me feel a uh, whole in some ways i was gonna ask you that is yeah. that bringing like a wholeness is that bringing yeah. a puzzle piece that was missing and you know lester it's yeah, it so interesting just to hear you talk i think about life i think about how we are in just this whole vast world and how you're on the other side of the USA. Right. And how we connect it. And the beauty is, it's not a struggle to talk. No, not at all. It's not a struggle to talk. And that speaks to relationships. It's not necessarily everything is about, I love you, I like you, whatever. It's, it's relationships. It's relating to each other. Can you listen, talk Listen, can I tell you this? Can I tell you this, see? It, like I said, it could be a whole lot worse. Oh, yeah. I mean, because you guys could be a type of people or a class of people that I'd be like, okay, yeah, well, it's good to meet y'all, you know? Yeah. And then when I see y'all calling on the phone, oh, Lord, you know? Yeah, yeah, yeah. But, but to be able to click with a group of people that you don't know, you never really met them, you've known them about a year and a half now, and, and to really just feel like, and I don't think you guys make me feel a part of the family. I feel like I feel that I am a part yeah. of that family, you know? Yeah. yeah. That's how I feel. And so I'm just thankful and grateful to God because it, it could have gone a whole lot worse. And I, in fact, I know people mm -hmm. who have met their biological father's families and it didn't go well. It just, mm -hmm. it just went really bad for them. And so yeah. I, I feel good. I feel blessed. And, uh, and like I said, uh, uh, Maury, uh, my nephew, has a daughter. 
and um, we're gonna make sure my daughter gets to know his daughter and their cousins yeah. and and a and hundred years from now our families will be connected and and nobody will ever even really know about this other than this video you know so yeah yeah so. exactly and you know what I, I love about this just talking to you I just see so much of my grandfather in you mm -hmm. now mm. how I did not you know I don't remember too much about him because he passed when I was young but there were certain things I do remember about him and that was that he was a warm man since that from you that you know your warmth and especially with your role as a pastor I know so many people can benefit from your counsel and just being in your company and speaking to them when it comes to relationships and how to better ourselves and how to make our lives richer with the people that are in our company so um I just have to can I drop this can I drop this right here uh you know I, you know our services are online on Sundays and I think it was my spiritual enrichment class today. There was a, a friend I had on there for many, many years. She was on and she was watching with her child, her son. And he's a little kid. Mm -hmm. And I mean, he's not tiny, but he, he's probably seven, eight, nine, something like that. And she texted me uh, that my son said, your voice makes him feel warm. And I'm like, what? So she just said that to me today. And then for you to say the same thing, it's like, oh, wow, that's so funny. It's interesting. Yeah, yeah. that's something. That says a lot about you. And God bless you. And God bless your ministry that you're oh, you. reach so many people. Um, Lester, I, I have to, I always like to end, and I don't want to end, but I want you to give us some nuggets, a party nugget on how to forge, because we're talking about learning who we are, because we're just connecting. And now we're, we're forging a relationship and I, I'm looking forward to seeing you Thanksgiving. We're going to spend Thanksgiving together with your lovely wife and your daughter. So that's going to be another layer of communication. But how can you forge relationships that may not have been so good at the beginning or may have just been awkward to make them better going forward? Give well, one nugget. Okay. Well, you know what? I'm trying to. I, I know what I'm going to say. I'm just trying to remember where I heard it first. Um, okay, I remember. I, I was watching a TV show. I won't say which one it is. It was just a great show. And uh, and yeah, okay. I'll say which one it is. Mad Men. I was watching an episode of Mad Men. It's on some rerun syndication and all that. And I'll go ahead and say it because that I watch Mad Men and it reminds me of my biological father, even though I never knew him. Mm -hmm. Just the era you know the 19 late 1950s early 1960s i just feel like that was when he was probably at his coolest you know what i mean it's probably when he looked most like i look now yeah you know true. yeah but uh so the show reminds me of him but there was a character on there and she said to her husband who was a very difficult character mm -hmm. for a lot of people to love and she at some point she said to him I just never expected you to be anything other than what you are or who you are. Wow. And so um, that's, I kind of took that and I was like, wow, that's beautiful, that's powerful. And so I never, when, when I knew I was gonna get to know you guys, I had to tell myself to not expect them to be what I want them to be or what I hoped they would be but I would just accept them for who they are. And that's a hard thing to do. 
uh, because you have such expectations. You know, I got a sister. I want to have a brother sister relationship. Yeah. Yeah. My, I want to. I want to. You know, you have all these expectations of the, what your relationship should be like. Yeah. And and so. I, and I have some difficult people in my family. I ain't gonna say no names. But I, I choose to not expect them. Never expect them to be anything other than who they are. That's and 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 it um, and to be tolerant. And and if I don't want to be around them, I don't go around. I don't go. I don't go around them when I don't want to be around. Them. But no, if I but, but if I go, listen. If I go, I accept them for who they are. That's it, right there. I love that, and I want I want the audience to hear that because we say it again. You said it so eloquently. Accept a person for who they are. For who they are. But but you have the power to not talk to them one long one minute longer than you want to. That's right. Or be or be around them on any occasion you don't want to be around them. Mm -hmm. But if you choose to be around them, if you decide to go around them. Mm -hmm. Don't expect them to be other than who they are. Yeah. And so, because because that's when you bump heads. That's right. When I expect them to be what they're not. That's right. And so, you just get along with them better, you know. And for that for that hour, for that day, for that week, whatever it is. But but uh, if you know it's very taxing on you to be around certain people, you just kind of have a limited interaction with them. But. But I don't believe anybody should cut off communication because you don't like how someone is, because I think that goes too far. And yeah. so, so pray, pray for people and just accept them for who they are, and, and, and to make you stronger. You have greater inner strength. Mm -hmm. You have greater depth of character when you can get along with difficult people, because it says, "I just accept them for who they are." And people got to accept us for who we are. We're not. They, well, that's another story. Because <laughs> everybody expect everybody expect me to be something other than who I am. Yeah. Okay? They expect me to change, mm -hmm. but I don't expect them to change. And and so in, in the times I go around them or the times I'm on the phone, that's what I do. I decide to be the one who changes. That's right. That's good, Lester. Yeah. That's good. And you know, I have to say this to the audience. You know, our, our topic is always life's lessons, laughter and love, making relationships that last. And that's what we, our ultimate goal is to make relationships that last. And like Lester just said, he said, accept a person for who they are. Don't try to change them, accept them for who they are because that's what love is. Love accepts a person for who they are. It and does. love in that person causes the other person to want to change if they want to remain in a relationship with that person. But now, Lester, I want to thank you so much for your time. This is just thank you. wonderful. And, and audience, if you like what you heard, please be sure to hit that like button, subscribe to this channel. There's going to be more topics just like this coming forward. These are real people with real conversations from different perspectives. And that's the beauty of this show. It's to highlight what other people are going through, what we all are going through, and how we can learn and glean from each other. So we hopefully, hopefully you got something out of this. I absolutely enjoyed talking with Lester. And like you said, you can see the resemblance. And if you notice, his name is Lester. My name is Leslie. So there's- Yeah, do like this again. Do like this again. They, they see it. They see on it. The side, on the side. On the side. There you go. <laughs> <laughs> All right, guys. Thank you so much. All right. That's what you hang there. And I will see everybody later. Have a great day. All right. Bye-bye.
Oh, I loved how you guys reconnected with each other, Leslie. That was neat. That was really neat. And you know, Linda, it's so funny because that came out of the whole entire blue. I didn't even know that we had an addition to our family. And when I found out, and this was through the ancestry situation and, you know, checking your DNA, when we found that out, I was super excited to know who this person was because you hear stories about people who are finding out about loved ones that they didn't even know existed. And then this actually happened to me. And then our names are similar and he looks like my grandfather. And there were so many similarities there that it was just almost uncanny. So to, and, and even how he talks and, you know, he's funny and, you know, that's kind of in our, my bloodline, my mother's funny, my uncle's funny, my grandmother was funny, my grandfather was funny. So it's not surprising that he is a, a, a funny person too. So different characteristics that are similar mm -hmm. um, that I found just interacting with him. And when we met him for the first time, my mother met him for the first time, my uncle, we all went out to dinner together and sat and talked and he learned a little bit more about his father, his biological father through my uncle and my mom. And, it was really neat. It was really, really neat. Mm -hmm. That is neat. I, I there's some things that he talked about that I, 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 it made me go, hmm. One of the things he said he felt like t being Tigger, like the only one like him yeah. in his family, that he didn't feel like something was right. Yeah. Um, and luckily, you know, he did approach his mom or ask his mom to know the truth of of knowing who his father is and going through that process. I thought that was neat that he had that feeling. Sometimes we have that feeling something's not right. And he decided of, of overhearing a conversation of um, the, uh, what's going on. Exactly. Exactly. Yeah. So that was neat. And I'm wondering, too, how did that make him feel, you know, when you found out, ooh, this mm. is my brother. Ooh, this is my sister. You know, it was, I'm sure it was very surreal because yeah. it was surreal even when I got the phone call. Because I got the phone call from the person who connected us. And oh. to hear that over the line, you know, you have a potential uncle. And I'm like, uncle? The only uncle I know are, is the uncles that I've always been familiar with. And other uncle? What do you mean? No, this can't be. Did am it feel I, like a scam at first? Did it feel like? It did. I'm like, am I being punked? Is there a camera on me or something? You know, what's happening? Because. Uh -huh. It was not something that I would have ever expected. Uh -huh. And when we had that conversation, when the lady talked to me and gave me the rundown about my grandfather, I knew it was real because she shared some things with me that I knew that only anybody who knew my grandfather would know. Mm -hmm. So um, that was that was kind of like, wow, kind of upset my apple cart, but it didn't make me feel anything negative. It just made me feel kind of like, wow, this is me. I get a chance to meet someone else, an extended family member, so. Wow, and I love how at the end he says, you know, that he, feel, he feels like he fits in, like everything's okay, and, mm -hmm. and, and I love the part when he says that it's not about changing people. If they love who you are, then they're going to change. Like if you say, if I say, Leslie, <laughs> excuse me, if I say, Leslie, I don't like when you do this, and you keep doing it, then we have an issue. But if you know now that hurts my feelings or that makes me, you know, feel emotionally sad or something, it changes our relationship and you stop, then I know you care. Exactly. So I love how he talked about that and how we talk about relationships and stuff of how that is so important that I hope people caught of 
when somebody really truly love you and care about you, that they are going to stop doing the things that irritate you, that bothers you. That's right. That's right. That's good. And I think that's kind of where he was going that, you know, hey, this is a part of me that I need to know about. And for his mother to be open about that, I'm sure that put that puzzle in place that brought some closure in his life. So, mm -hmm. yeah. Cool. So, uh, is there anything else you want to say before we close? The only thing I guess I want to remind people is that it doesn't matter who a person is. Um, we can't change people like Lester was saying. The only thing we can do is just love people. But most importantly, our life on this side of life is very short and how we live it is really what matters. And mm -hmm. most importantly, we want to be kind and show people that you love them and, you know, just live a better life in front of them. Oh, I hear you got a little visitor over here. Boxing, sorry. <laughs> well, that's neat. I'm glad that um, it, it worked out that you're able to have that conversation and enjoy this holiday, Thanksgiving, to reunite with him again, to get to know him and his family. And I love this part too. I really truly admire that he said it stops here of forgetting, you know, like his, his children are going to know who you guys are. And in, in further generations, they're not gonna know this best part. Yeah. You know, they're just gonna know, hey, this is our family, this is what's going on, this is what happened. They're not carrying on, you guys are not bringing the mess part to the next generation. You're bringing the good things, the joy, the happiness, the togetherness, the love, the peace, the understanding, the patience. You're not doing, you're not bringing on those hurt and pains and why and he left and she left and all that other mess. And I really truly admire that, that you guys are choosing, take the good, carry that on. We have to let go of the bad, move it on. It is not carrying on to our next generation. And each generation is gonna be less and less and less. Because at the same time, his kids know he just found out. But their kids don't have to know that. So I, I, I really truly like that part of it. That's good. And I like that you said not knowing the mess part, but you're gonna know the best part. So yeah. 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 So, well, do you want to do your ending, your closing? Of course. And you know, everyone, I thank you guys for always tuning in. And, and we hope that you enjoyed this particular um, uh, episode. And remember, this is really what it's about. Life's lesson. Laughter and love. What? Making relationships that last. So if you like this, be sure to subscribe, hit that like button, and give us a go. You'll enjoy oh. more episodes with <laughs> okay until then we'll see you next time bye bye